I'm Sasha Kelly and welcome to The Dive, the podcast that asks, who said that business news needs to be all business? Apple launches are huge and it's not unexpected. For most millennials, this company is the cultural touchpoint for the coolest advances in technology. There's the big hitters that we've seen like the iPod and the iPhone, but think about how ubiquitous white headphones were when Apple told us that they were cool. Because when this company tells us that we need something, we all believe them. When it was revealed, Apple was launching its first new product in a decade this week. Anticipation was high. So what's the hot new product that we're all going to be lining up to get our hands on? A mixed reality headset. Introducing Apple Vision Pro. Vision Pro is a new kind of computer that augments reality by seamlessly blending the real world with the digital world. It's Friday the 9th of June and today I want to know what exactly is a mixed reality headset and what's Apple's vision for me, pun intended, in using it. To talk about this today, I'm joined by my colleague here at Equity Mates. It's Alec Renahan. Alec, welcome to the dive. Hey, Sasha. Good to be here. Big news from Apple this week, but I got to challenge you on something in your intro. You you said that whenever Apple launch products and they tell us something is cool, we all believe them. Mm. I remember early days of AirPods and people didn't think that they were cool. It took a bit of time before they really caught on. Now they're pretty ubiquitous. But then Apple launched the AirPods Max or the uh, the earmuffs that play music. And uh, people, I don't think people think they're cool either. That's true. I'm going to give that to you. But still, one strike for generations of hits is a pretty good strike rate, you've got to admit. Yeah, they've, they've done all right. That's <laughs> they've done all right. <laughs> so let's start by recapping the conference when they announced this new mixed reality headset. What exactly did Apple announce? Yeah, so first new product launch from Apple since the Apple Watch in 2015 and the biggest product launch under Tim Cook. In the post-Steve Jobs era, this is much bigger than the AirPods or the watch or anything else. So this is big for what it represents for Apple, the company, but it's also big for, you know, if they're successful, the step forward in computing. It's Apple's first step into the market for head-mounted devices and their first step into spatial computing, which is really rather than uh, your computer being on a screen, it's an attempt to blend digital content with the physical world. So these mixed reality glasses called Vision Pro are augmented reality glasses where digital images are overlaid onto the real world. The, the classic example that's given when we speak about augmented reality is Pokemon Go, mm. where on your phone the camera would turn on and you would be seeing the real world, whatever was actually in front of you, through your phone. But then you'd also see Pokemon overlaid on that. Apple's vision is rather than having Pokemon overlaid on the real world, you have your messaging app or a web browser or anything else that you want to open. Be pretty terrifying if we all had to live in a world with Pokemon 24-7. I'm sure if these glasses take off, someone will develop that app. Uh, You know what? I'll guarantee you someone develops that app. But in terms of what they actually look like, 
They look like a pair of ski goggles, just ski goggles with 12 cameras affixed to them and a 23 million pixel screen which covers your eyes. To put that in context, the screens that uh, you're looking at or looking through display more than a 4K TV to each eye. So over time, optometrists are probably going to love this product. Yeah. One of the big features with this product is that there's no device, no controller to control what happens on the screen in front of your eyes. Rather, it's your hand movements, it's your eye movements and your voice that controls the computer. So, Sasha, to put it in context, you could be sitting in your living room and rather than turning the TV on, you could open the Netflix app on your glasses and a screen would pop up in front of you and you could watch Netflix. Similarly, uh, you know, these days we often pull out our phones when we're watching Netflix on the TV and start flicking through messages or social media. You could now, with the glasses, bring up a second screen next to your Netflix screen and start scrolling through messages there as well. One final feature is there was a lot of talk about it being wireless. It's not wireless. There is a power cord that plugs into a battery pack. And I guess one of the big critiques of the product, fair enough, it's the first iteration of the product. Uh, It only has a two-hour battery life. So that's, I guess, the product 101. So you've already touched on one critique there, which is the battery life. I have so many questions about this. There's so many rabbit warrens you can go down. But I did see on Twitter, Scott Galloway was making fun of how you looked a little bit with these new glasses on. Is that indicative of the reaction? What did the general public think of this big reveal? There was a lot of excitement, but we should always be mindful that when a new product is launched, you generally get positive press coverage because the company that's launching it will go to early adopters and big fans of the company uh, and, you know, they have a plan to get some positive press. But people have been impressed by the technology. But one thing, Sasha, that uh, did get people talking and has sparked a bit of controversy was the price. 3500 US dollars for a headset. And when Apple announced that at the developer conference, it certainly got a reaction. Apple Vision Pro starts at $34.99. It will be available early next year on Apple.com. To put that price in context, Sasha, the Apple Vision Pro is about 10 times the price of Meta's Quest 2, which is their virtual reality headset. That's a big jump. So you mentioned earlier that this is the biggest new product of the Tim Cook era. I didn't realise it had been that long since we'd seen a big announcement. Why else is this so momentous? So it's a big step forward in computing. And if successful, and that's a big if at this point, it could be on the same level as the leap from the computer to the phone. Mm. Like it could really change the platform of choice for, you know, most apps, most tech software companies, like how we use computers fundamentally changed in 2007, 2008 when, um, everyone sort of realized how big the iPhone was going to be and how much it was going to change everything. 
if this hits in the same way, it, it could have the same effect. I would feel very sorry for screen manufacturers in that point because the makers of monitors and TVs would uh, be the biggest losers. But we should say, Sasha, it is a big if. Many of Apple's big tech peers have tried and failed to make virtual or augmented reality headsets a thing. You can't drop a thread like that and not expect me to pull on it. Let's talk about who else has tried and failed before. We're going to do something pretty magical here. And we have a special surprise for you. We've got something pretty special for you. It's a little bit time sensitive, so I apologize for interrupting. Yeah, so there's really three companies that have tried this. Uh, going chronologically, the first was Google with their Google Glass. They started selling that prototype in 2013, so 10 years before Apple launched their product. And almost immediately, they faced a massive amount of criticism and uh, a lot of privacy concerns, mainly because of the camera that was attached to the front of their glasses. And, you know, when were they filming? Those that were wearing the product uh, got the term glass holes. Um, There were also concerns about uh, safety when driving. And within two years of launching the product, Google stopped producing it. In January 2015, they took it off the market. In 2017, Google relaunched it as an enterprise product. So rather than selling it to consumers, they tried to sell it to businesses. In 2023, they announced it would be discontinued as an enterprise product. You can't say they didn't try. That's that's a lot of attempts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, Google's attempt. Microsoft comes in next uh, with the HoloLens. Now, Microsoft have a bit of a, a longer history when it comes to Uh, headsets because of their gaming background. They had the Microsoft Connect um, with a K, which was a gaming headset that they launched in 2010. But the HoloLens was launched in 2016. The HoloLens 2 launched in 2019. And it's still available for purchase. They're more focused on the enterprise market, the business-to-business market. They've had a little bit of success. Uh, They sold 100,000 units to the US military in 2018. There have been some medical applications uh, that have sort of emerged where um, surgeons can wear the glasses and uh, I guess sort of see where they need to cut or something like that. One use case which we came across, which I find interesting, is uh, in warehouses. So rather than looking at a clipboard and seeing what, what you need to pick or, and where you need to take it or having a headset with, um, you know, being told in your ear what you need to get, um, people working in warehouses can wear the glasses and they can see, uh, you know, the instructions overlaid on the real world. But we haven't really seen Microsoft push this product into consumer uh, applications. And that leads us to the third attempt uh, from a tech giant, Meta, aka Facebook's attempt with the Quest. Now, they bought Oculus, which is a virtual reality uh, headset maker, and then they launched their own product in 2019. Key difference, Apple's is augmented reality. So you put Apple's glasses on and you can see the world in front of you through the glasses. You can't with Meta's product. It's virtual reality. You can only see the screen. Uh, It's basically a really close-up immersive computer screen where Apple, you can control the headset with your hands and with your eyes and with your voice. Meta, you need a controller you're holding in your hands. 
And as a result of some of those differences, Meta haven't really reached applications beyond gaming. So Google failed, I guess you'd say. Microsoft is sort of ticking along with some consumer applications. Meta are trying to hit the gaming market, but again, aren't really having the success that Zuckerberg would have hoped for. So I think at this stage we say no one has really convinced the world that wearing computers on your over your eyes is a is a winning proposition. Look, I'm going to include myself in one of those. These all sound terrifying. And when I'm trying to cut down on screen time, it sounds like Apple's just determined to make me spend more time in front of my devices. So mass adoption is the goal and Apple thinks they can succeed where others have failed. I want to know what's the actual use case for these glasses that Apple envisages. Is it the same as these enterprise ones that you've outlined or is it something different? Let's get into that after the break. Welcome back to The Dive. We're talking about the huge product launch that Apple announced this week, their mixed reality glasses. I'm joined by my colleague, Alec Renahan, and he just took me through the idea of how the product works. We've got a pair of ski goggles, really fashionable. Very excited to put that with my outfits. It's got 12 cameras on it. It tracks my eyes and my hands. And essentially, it's going to superimpose digital displays onto the real world in front of me. Alec, what's Apple's vision for these expected use cases? Yeah, so we've split this into two sections. First of all, what Apple presented as the use cases at their developer conference this week, and then some of the more novel or hypothetical use cases that we came up with in the office or that we read on Reddit or uh, anything else. So let's let's start with what Apple suggested the key use cases are. And uh, let me use their um, some of their language for some of these. First of all, uh, an infinite canvas for apps at work and at home. What they're saying is you can, you know, maybe at work you have uh, two screens, you have dual monitors. Well, with the uh, Apple Vision Pro, you have infinite monitors. You have, quote, infinite screen real estate. And so you can have as many windows as you want open in front of you and you can be working and looking at as many things as you want through the glasses. You can have your web browser, you can have your Netflix, you can have your text and your emails and anything else. Um, You can be as so much more productive than you ever thought possible. So that's their first pitch, Sasha, infinite screen real estate to open more and more tabs. Yeah, that just makes me think of, you know how there's tab people in life and non-tab people? Like I'm definitely a tab person where it's like, you come to my computer and there's a hundred tabs open. Mm. Just sounds like a nightmare. There's no limit to how much stuff could be going on in my brain at one time. (laughs) So that's the first one. The second one is an engaging entertainment experience. With the Apple Vision Pro, they hope that we can turn any space into a personal movie theater with a screen that feels 100 feet wide. And essentially, you can create a digital display of a TV through the screen and you can watch it. You can watch whatever you want. You get it. This one's pretty simple. You can watch stuff on it. <laughs> yeah. that was, this one seems like it has the greatest capacity for collaboration as well. Like if movie studios and television studios and even record studios get really into this, it could be amazing the kind of entertainment that could be in our future. Yeah, definitely. Um, it could really negate the whole concept of a screen. 
and you could have people around you in holograms. And then, you know, the the ideas of rather than just watching the footy, do, can you be, can it feel like you're at the footy and, and stuff like that? That's the journey that technology like this sort of promises. You could be playing with the swans. <laughs> I could be. <laughs> On that note, another use case that Apple presented was, quote, FaceTime becomes spatial. And that is down that hologram journey, I guess. Um, They spoke about how FaceTime would take advantage of the room around you with everyone on the call reflected in life-size tiles as well as spatial audio. So it sounds as if participants are speaking from right where they're positioned. So to extend the footy analogy, Sasha, if you and I want to watch the Swans tonight, you could be sitting on your couch, I could be sitting on my couch, we could both be watching the footy and it could feel like, you know, we're talking to each other in the same room as we're doing it. And then uh, a final use case that Apple presented uh, was around memories becoming alive. So you can re-watch your uh, videos, you can look back at photos uh, and it can be in life-size scale with brilliant colour and spectacular detail. This one I was a little bit more sceptical on. This one felt like you can look at your photos and your videos on it. but um. <laughs> This one also reminds me of, I'm certain there's a Black Mirror episode where he literally has every single memory he's ever had in a filing system that he can bring up. And it's kind of, I mean, it's Black Mirror, so it is terrifying. There, there is a Black Mirror episode on that. Uh, and shout out to Simon, uh, who kept telling us that it's like Black Mirror in the office yesterday and then recounted the whole synopsis of the episode. So <laughs> you, you, are, you are right. <laughs> so with that being said, because we did talk about this in the office we came up some with some novel use cases as well. And we're going to just give the IP out there if anyone wants to start developing them. Yeah. So the one that I am most excited about that I'm surprised we didn't see more of is cooking. Imagine if you're wearing the glasses while you're cooking and you can have the recipe pop up and it looks, you know, you're, you're chopping away and you can read the recipe, you can see where you're at. But also with all of its cameras and its um, image recognition, all of a sudden it can be like, the onions on the bench is what you need to do next and it could like flash a little glowing light over them and then it's like, all right, now's the time to get the chicken on the pan and it could have like an arrow that points to where I need to go. <laughs> like it could feel like an interactive game, cooking. It could and you could be playing with your favourite chefs or, you know. You could have Gordon Ramsay yelling at you. <laughs> right, we'll do something simple. Cool. Something that, a very straightforward, easy Malaysian curry. The one I thought of, Alec, is like, you know, we just both did giant trips around the world and I went on a lot of history tours, especially in London, and that would be really cool where you have these glasses on and you could walk around and see back in time, you know, not just memories that you have but memories of decades past and be a really immersive uh, walking tour. This is the Tate Britain Art Gallery in Pimlico. It opened here to the public on this riverside yeah, that site. Would be in amazing. One that uh, Alf in the office suggested was around golf. <laughs> Imagine if you could you could put the glasses on and you could see distance to the hole. You could see wind, but then you could also ask it to make it seem like there was a crowd of ten thousand people watching you and cheering you on. <laughs> um, so that that's one that he suggested. 
We read one on Reddit uh, around nursing homes. Um, you know, if you're old, if your family aren't around, imagine being able to put the uh, glasses on and feel like you're surrounded by them. I guess in time, feel like you're actually talking to them. One that was suggested, which I think is great, is an app which shows you where you've already vacuumed in real time. So you put the glasses on and then you start vacuuming and then you know that you've already vacuumed that spot so you don't have to again. I think that would be an epic use case. You'd obviously only need that if you don't have a robot vacuum cleaner that's already doing the job for you. Why do you need to know? (laughs) That is a whole other uh, episode, (laughs) Sasha. A few other ones that would just get through uh, quickly. A step-by-step for assembling IKEA furniture. Imagine if you could just lay all of the um, the bits and the tools out on the floor and it would just like flash a light over this one next, connect it to this one, use that screw. It would be great. For interior design, you could get a sense of what your room would look like with furniture. You could digitally move furniture around, change its colours, replace it with different ones. So, Alec, it sounds like there's heaps of use cases, especially in the practical and the how-to. I, I think it, it really does feel like there's infinite possibilities. So what does this mean long-term for Apple's product range? Is this going to be the inevitable and slow death of the iPhone? Yeah, someone suggested that and I just, I don't see it at this point. Uh, I think how we think about the Vision Pro is it's the next addition to the Apple ecosystem, but at the center of the Apple ecosystem is still the iPhone. And there's been a lot of talk about how Apple planned to pair the Vision Pro goggles with other parts of the ecosystem. They expect to be able to do a bunch of stuff with the watch. Um, so if you're wearing an Apple watch while you're using the glasses, you'll be able to, the functionality will be increased. But over time, you know, if we all decide that we want to wear headsets all the time, if Apple improved the battery life from two hours to a lot more than two hours, maybe it does negate the need for um, other types of screens, you know, laptops, iPads and iPhones. But I think given big tech's previous attempts at making head-mounted devices a thing, I think calling the death of the iPhone is far too premature. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that, Alec, because I, for one, am trying to resist more screens in my life. So I'm quite happy to sit back on this trend for a little bit longer. Why don't we leave it there for today? Thanks so much for joining us today. Get in touch. Let us know what you're thinking. Are you going to be first in line to buy this new product when it lands at your Apple store? Remember to rate and review The Dive, leave a comment and send it to a friend. It really is the best way for this podcast to go. Thank you so much for joining me today, Alec. Thanks, Sasha. Until next time. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.